Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening and welcome to the second Premier Review podcast with myself, Portly Cochran, Colin O'Sullivan and Marty Ryan. Big story, or well, the first story of the day is the under-20s tip 8-16 to Wexford's 115. Would it be, f- I suppose it's fair to say, little more than a training match at the end? I mean, Colin, was it more like a walk in the park? We learned nothing from it? Yeah, we won't, we won't look at, at the end of the day, it's job done, we move on to the final. Um, like we expect a tip to get over, get over Wexford at the weekend. Realistically, after 15, 16 minutes, whenever the third goal went in, that was like game over and it was pretty much a challenge match from that point onwards. There seems to be kind of a tipping point in goal scored. You score four goals, you're playing well, score five goals and that's it then. It's kind of game over. Um, pre- pretty much so. It is, it is a walk in the park after that. A matter of how much will you win by. Yeah, d- d- definitely. Like when the fourth the four goal w- went in, like for, for the fourth goal, Jake Morris, he he had a free, put it over the bar. McAllister called it back because he took it too quickly. And then he hit a short one over Danny Ormond, who ran his man and buried it. Like that, that it felt very challenge matchy there. And once that went in, there was, there was definitely no way back for Wexford. We were a little bit loose as well, it seems, even though we weren't cuffed up scores. We- you can't really blame anyone, lads, to just take the foot of the pedal. Once you know you're home and hose, you're not going to risk injury, red cards, etc. for a game like that. Yeah, no, de- de- definitely. Like, it, especially the second half, you could see lads, it felt like lads were watching themselves. Like, Cal came out in an interview afterwards and he said he wasn't, he wasn't overly impressed with, with some of the boys in the last 15, 20 minutes and he wasn't overly impressed with any of the boys that went in off the line. But it's hard to blame him. You know what I mean? Like they're twenty years of age, nineteen years of age. They've an all earned final coming up in a couple of weeks' time. You don't want to get injured. You don't want to, to to put your hand in somewhere 
that you don't have to put it in at, at that point because Wexford were very frustrated and it would have been very easy for a Wexford guy to, you know, to make a wild pull there and hurt one of the tip boys. Yeah, and no better lads to do it too. <laughs> Going back to history, you know. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> yeah, it was. It yeah, was like, uh, like even the the minor game the other weekend went on a little too long and there was a bit of an incident. Two Wexford lads sent off, so that's the last thing you want to happen in in that situation. Yeah, but Wexford they must be very disappointed. I mean, they've, they've lost have they lost four under twenties in a row now, and uh, cough up eight goals in a game of like that at any level. If we're a serious hurling county, to cough up eight goals in an Ireland semi final, it's pretty dismal. It is. It's actually it shows very poorly on Leinster hurling as well. Like I, I know in the scenery you have Kilkenny there, but like it was just such a poor Wexford performance. And if if that's if they're the second best team in Leinster, like what else is there? What's there? What you know, like the likes of how bad are the likes of Offaly or Dublin, etc. At under twenty grade this year. Yeah, they're really turning into into that everybody's favorite team if people like them they bring color they bring crowds but nobody goes into a game against Wakeford Reed and says you know what Jesus we're in, a, in we're in serious butter here you know okay obviously give a lot of respect to your opposition and you uh, obviously you know but when you see Wakeford you think well Jesus they're not Kilkenny you know and you'd be more worried about obviously Galway at underage Dublin are probably uh, will catch you out faster as well you know like Dublin won another 20 or 21 didn't they recently enough Wakeford won three in a row recently in under 21 yeah. and Kilkenny won it in 2017 when they are yeah 2017 and yeah I think, Galway won last year so I think Leinster was a 13 12 13 14 I think Wexford won it I think so second yeah I, I think it was before the, the three in a row in, in Leinster it was 13 14 and 15 Wexford won three in a row and then you've had Dublin Kilkenny Galway Kilkenny again since you know and in in fairness, Galway were probably in hard luck the way the the way the draw worked out this year. That uh, their very first game was against Kilkenny, who had had and Kilkenny had had a game or two already played at that stage because of the way the 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 previous year's finalists go directly into semi finals. If they had had a game or two under their belts, maybe it might have gone gone a bit different. True, but then again, they were pretty happy to get their all our semi finals with no games under the belt for years, you know. <laughs> they done they done pretty well out of it, you know. That's very true. Did they I suppose they did, what is it, twenty twenty was it twenty All Irelands they've been in and one five or twenty five they've been in and one five, so yeah. I don't know, maybe getting straight semi finals isn't great either. But sure, That's true, sure yeah. here though, Jesus. I've um had an uncle who played for Watford back in the fifties and uh, he used to always get sick and seen Galway complain, he said, Jesus, if he said, reckon if Watford were given a semi final every year did have another four or five all-earns. They say, nah, they probably wouldn't. But look, <laughs> he thought this anyway. But um, yeah, so on to the final then anyway. Um, yeah. Again, I suppose double Cork got a better game, but I don't go on by the Munster. Cork got better games before Munster final two, and that didn't really, well, it stood to be well, but it definitely wasn't a hindrance for tip. Yeah, no, de- de- definitely. Um, Actually, the, the game on Saturday, although it was closer, like the standard wasn't amazing either. It definitely felt like the, the, a little lethargic. Um, it was like slow enough hurling. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't like bang, 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 really intense that you'd expect in an all Ireland semi final. And although it was close with 15, 20 minutes to go, Cork still coasted a little bit. They did for finish, yeah. I, I don't know how they went in. They went in at half pint, at half time. I think it was only a pint down. But yeah. they felt much better team than, than that. I don't know how Kilkenny were as close as they were, but. 
Yeah, that's it. And, and Kilkenny actually had a really good opportunity to, to go ahead by a couple of points with about 15 to go. Was it Evan Shefflin? I think it was. He, he ran through him at a great run and he hit it off the hurley, but he kind of, he hit, it was a very poor finish. It went about 10 yards wide when he should have, at very, at very least, should have hit the target. I don't know yeah. if Kilkenny's big, bigger names maybe performed or maybe they're not as yeah. good maybe as being made out. Mullen was, Mullen has had a very indifferent under 20 championship, I suppose. Con- yeah. Considering how he's playing senior, um, I've seen I've seen Cody a couple of times, and I think he's very very good. But he was quite enough now enough. Yeah, no, de- definitely, definitely. Um, he, he, I don't even think one scored on Saturday. No, I think he was. I think he was kept scored. Uh, yeah, I think completely scoreless. Definitely, definitely from play anyway. Yeah, uh, Turnball as well scoreless. Is that right? Two two main guys were scoreless. Yeah, that that was a, that was a bit of a shock, all right. Like you'd expect, you'd expect, especially now, because Cocker out of the championship of what three weeks, four weeks. Like you'd expect, Turnbull's going to. He's definitely he's been training with the under twenty every night over the last three or four weeks. You'd expect him to perform a little bit better than than he did on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, but um, oh, just a, there's a near Cork there of just they're still they're going back and they're they know it. Whereas before, no matter how bad Cork were, they still believe they're the best that's ever hurled in the hurling field. You know, but that same bite that they used to have. Yeah. Yeah, is it ninety eight? Ninety eight, twenty one, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, ninety eight, twenty one. They won the minor. Yeah. That was the last time. Yeah, they, 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 they might have an intermediate. Yeah, yeah, that was it. You know, it was Sean. The rugby man was Captain. Tenta Beans minor. So Tenta Halpin and John Gardner, all that guy, when they were minor. That's when they last one. Just on the point there, actually, Patrick. Last week you mentioned um, in relation to Tip, like how big a deal was it that. Uh, you know, Jake Morris and Paddy Cadell and Jerry Cahill were in training with the seniors every night rather than training with the under twenty ones. I think last week we we pretty much said it's not a huge deal. But coming up to the under twenty final, like you have the likes of Turnbull in training with Cork and they you know, they're they're gunning for us after last year and after the Munster final. And then on the flip side with Tip you have you have um Cal and and Cadell and I was just gonna say there's, there's the twenty ten and you had the Clare the Clare under twenty one team in twenty thirteen as well, so it's yeah. it's been done like that. That the under twenties have have celebrated their All Ireland and gone on to win, gone on to win their own competition. Then afterwards, you know, it, it yeah. can be managed and it can be done. And with the, with the lads that are involved between senior and under twenty, you'd have to imagine, yeah, you know, heads the right around. people there, yeah, yeah. You, You'd hope so, I guess. Um, I'm not sure whether it's probably the right time to talk about it. Maybe after the final is probably a better time. But from a from a senior perspective, like you have Cadell training with him, you have Cal in there, and you have Morris in there at the moment. Do you reckon we'll get many more off this current under twenty team in with the seniors over the next year or two? Let's. I'm a big fan of uh, Billy Seymour. I yeah. think he. I think he's hurling might need to speed up a small bit, yeah. but he's. He's big and he's strong and he's able to he's able to break through lines and he's able to get his scores. It's kind of the type of player we haven't had a lot of. Yeah, um, that, that, yeah, I, I'd agree. I'd agree with Billy as well. Um, he, he's a he's a great man to catch a ball, a great target man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is that you know you could see him on the wing maybe. Um, yes, because we've you know our our history of uh, half hours not able to win their own ball or whatever. Um, See, we could get him in there, and you definitely won't pull. Um, you won't pull a fella straight from underage into the, into that position. You know, I know Paddy and Paddy with an Oscar his first year back there in two thousand nine. Yeah, but yeah. then again, twenty ten year later, he was he was he was finished as a fullback for ten years after that. You know, yeah, it's a very it's a very important position though, fullback, and 
I think yeah. a lot of counties are struggling with it at the moment. Actually, well, just just on Barry there, do you think he's in with a shout to start for the final? Um, honestly, I think he, if he got more game times during the year, I think he he would yeah. have had a position nailed down by now. Yeah. But um, who would no, you play I that? would definitely start off Heffernan. Anyway, you know, I don't see why he would be dropped. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it's hard to drop yeah. Heffernan after that. It's very hard to drop Heffernan. Yeah, yeah, but even for him developing. Like, Anytime he's been called on this year, I think he's he's done a great job. And uh, I think he definitely deserves a spot in the Ireland final. Definitely. And, and in fairness to Seamus Kendi too, when he's been called on this year, I think uh, I think it's been a huge improvement, especially in his hurling. Um, I think, uh, especially, especially in 2016, there was one or two moments, especially in Croke Park, that might have let him down. It was a goal against Galway in particular. Yeah. I think he gave, uh, he got a ball from Brendan and then panicked and tried to pass it back to Brendan and one of the Galway lads broke through with it and put in the back of the net. So I don't I don't think he makes that kind of mistake anymore, you know. Yeah, that's um, and actually Kennedy's a it's, it's a little bit of a strange one where he came in completely from the cold for that monster final. Like did he even make the twenty six in any of the games before that? I'm not sure if he did or not. Just no, I don't even know if he was under twenty six before. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't I don't think he was maybe maybe he did make a twenty six Bob. I don't know whether he was or not. I, I look at at this point right now It'll be hard to say there should be around the club games between now and the either all or finals, but I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't agree in general. Like there has something has to be done at at the moment. The club. The club. Um, the club game in Tipperary is an absolute shambles right now. Like you've lads training from January to the end of March, start of April for one championship game, and then they're not seeing another game until the first weekend of September for hurling. Like something has to. Something has to give. The Tip County Board need to organise their whole championship better. And that's basically the issue. County managers get blamed, county players get blamed, and the old saying, you've you've thirty players dictating, which you don't. You've thirty players doing what they're told. So they get a they get a lot of uh, flack for that and nothing to do with them. They do, but from a, to, to back the county board up a little bit here, and I, I'm a fan of county board bashing as much as the next damn temporary Harden supporter, but there's only so many available weekends. And it's the county management. Like, wasn't there a, a round of club games called off in April this year? Which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the clubs are have a huge part to play as well in getting the whole thing tidied up. I mean, if you sat down with a piece of paper and said, right, lads, let's fix this and we'd all go in, it could be done. But clubs will always fight and fight him. and fight. Ah, and nah, no one will pull together. Don't agree. And that's a huge, huge factor. Which, again, I'm not disagreeing with you completely about the county manager thing, but they're really... The impression is that the county team are ruining the club game. I think that's that's not true as far as I'm concerned, you know. There's so many other things. Yeah, uh, but just on the clubs, and I guess the, the, the clubs agreeing, like, there's clubs after fighting tooth and nail there for 40, 50, 60 years to be senior hurling clubs. Like, why should any club be put down intermediate in a boardroom? Like, to go down intermediate, it has to be on the field to play. If it's not on the field to play, then you're not being put down intermediate. Like, there, well, club, there, to me, there's well, no club going to agree, agree to that. Now, maybe I'm completely wrong on that, but I just can't see any, any clubs agreeing to call Seamus or Ian intermediate. Like, and the way, the way, if the divisional link goes, then that means automatically Seamus or Ian is intermediate. And that's not going to happen. And that's why, that's one of the reasons why I think that divisional link has to stay and is going to stay. What's the point of being called senior for the sake of being senior? You know, the Seamus Arena teams are not able to compete when they in in the divisions. I think in the divisions the average winning scores are something like twelve or fifteen points. 
it's kind of it's hard to justify just just we don't want to be intermediate so we shouldn't be intermediate every, every senior club at the start of the year dreams of winning a, a divisional championship and every senior club at the start of the year has a has a chance of winning a divisional a divisional championship and that's that's what you want to do but you're, you're taking that away from them if you're putting them down intermediate if if, if, if you're just playing for the Seamus Oreen if you go what, what would you do would you go 16 teams at each age group so how are you going to keep club club players happy you just it, it's just you just won't be able to do it. it it's not just games we want like there's games there you can play all the challenge matches debate the band you can play all these county league games it's meaningful games is what club players want but like you were saying about the divisions and the the aim to win a division at the start of the year, but how many county, how many clubs really realistically are capable of winning their division? Um, like in the mid, it's it's nearly it's Lockmore and Sarah's, and in the north, it's and fairness, Upper Church, Upper Church were in the mid final a couple of times as well. I know, I know, and they have a fair play to them, and they gave it a fair old rattle against Sarah's, but Sarah still won it at the end of the day. And they do, but uh, if you, I, I'd say, if you asked any man from Upper Church, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be too long in telling you where, where to go. Like that, that, that would, they haven't won a mid title yeah. ever. Uh, like I remember, they, they haven't. Yeah. But uh, but at the same time, Upper Church are a Dan Breen team and an established yeah. Dan Breen team. Yeah. So it, you know, it's it's like a, it's it's really it's it's the Seamus Serene teams, um, that I'm, I'm I'm talking about really, but then I suppose um, I suppose the the Swan are kind of up and down, and they did win a, a South Eid West. Was he did win a yeah. South there two years ago? 2016 was the last one. Yeah, so I suppose there there is that as well. But then you go to the West, and there's only two senior teams in the West, yeah. and it's very and then you've 13 in the North. It's just it's very imbalanced. No, it's 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 certainly imbal imbal imbalanced. Apologies, um. But again, is a short term thinking. Like in five years, six years time, you could be in a situation where you have four, three or four maybe West teams. But once you go past the top three or four teams, there, there's nothing between the rest of those teams and the teams down south or the teams in in the mid outside Sars and outside outside Drum etc. Those Seamus Reed's teams, would they not prefer to be called intermediate, win intermediate county, win Munster, and go on and win intermediate All Ireland? Would that not be a better and more realistic goal than uh, than lingering around uh, in this kind of a no man's land for their moment? I can guarantee you there's not one child in this county dreams of winning an intermediate All Ireland or an intermediate Munster championship with their club. They want to win a, a divisional championship or want to win a county championship. Look, we we'll have to agree to disagree on it, lads. I I I won't. I I definitely won't be um changing my mind anytime soon. If you look, if you look at uh in Kilkenny, you've had you've had teams win their county championship at junior or intermediate and go on win the RL Ireland and even win. I think it was a belly ragged, the infamous belly ragged. Did uh did they do back to back junior intermediate? O'Loughlin's did it, um, and I think Bennis Bridge did it, but they didn't win the senior. But I, I think O'Loughlin's might have won the club all earned as well the day that, that year. Maybe they didn't, but they definitely won junior intermediate senior in three or four years. Yeah, so like, I think I think we need to get our competition structure, you know, more in line with that. You, you see it in Clare as well. The Clare Championship is very competitive, and you can like if you look you look at the number of winners over the past ten years. it's you know, a lot of clubs have won their their county final over the last few years, and they've been competitive in Munster as well. So, yeah, no, that's that's that that's a fair point. But I still like it, it, changing the structures and tip isn't going to solve the issue of lack of games during the summer or lack of games in general. 
we're not going to have club games during the summer with the current inter-county setup. And no other county is going to play club games Perfect. during the summer. I mean, I don't think that's right either myself. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything we can do about that. You know, that's the, that's what HQ have said. Yeah. And we all have to row in behind. I think we maybe need to separate the... I, I think the big problem is lads are coming back in January and training for a few months for a couple of games. And then they're sitting on their arses for the summer, you know going out to America, whatever, but... A bit of organisational there and the responsibility on club managers to say, look, that's, we're not going to have any big games. We'll come back in the middle of March. Weather's better and we'll go for six months. We'll get, our, get ourselves right. The county will be on during June, July, August. We'll do our training then and then we'll hit the ground running in September. As opposed to telling lads, you can't have a drink on Fickin' Paddy's Day because you have a match, match in four months' time, you know. No, I, I I agree. I just my 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 only my only worry on that the, the whole thing it isn't even and I know I mentioned uh, the senior management and under twenty management, but with the odds and evens, so you have inter county under seventeen and inter county under fifteen at the moment, that's affecting under sixteen club hurling and minor club hurling as well. So we mightn't even have these players in three or four years time to actually go on and play adult hurling to play senior hurling. Like I, I know down here we're competing with a very very good junior soccer club in Carrick United. They're one of the best in the country and they're really good guys over there that's the end of part one yeah, they were coming in part two of the Premier View podcast welcome back to part two of the Premier View podcast Let's, last week I have, I have to I said something and I'm going to go back on it and say I was wrong I said it was the worst it episode of Sunday Game I've seen in my lifetime I'm going to change that I'm going to say it's the best one I've ever seen yeah, I've never seen there, such a reaction from the show ever you know it's always been bland. It's honestly, I mean, looking back, it, it was pure box office. It, like they should replace Love Island with uh, with the two boys and and Desi the next day. <laughs> but, uh, but it, it really kicked off. Don't uh, don't log. When I went to RTE podcast and uh, doubled down and everything, really, and uh, backed it up. And then Pat Blan got stuck into the two of them. I don't think they mentioned Pat Blan, but Pat Blan took it personally. What particularly said, I don't know, but Pat Blan. But then Ger Lock being Ger blew it out of the water. And I read a quote from here from Ger Lock now. <laughs> Classic Ger. Oh, it, God. Be- it became all about justifying their pathetic egos. Was even someone said about him on a Sunday game three years ago and Cusa comically brought up the British rule of Ireland. At that stage, the producer should have shoved both of them out the exit door and left the rest of the programme to the excellent Brendan Cummins. Yeah, Gerlock then, I can't even remember, was he, did he quit the Sunday game or did he let him go or is, is, he, is, there, is he some agenda as well or is he just Ger being Ger? I don't think we heard officially. Yeah, but... What happened? I don't think there was any announcement or anything. He but, did, but apparently, you know, he made a couple of he made a couple of comments over the last few years, which were uh, a bit out there, even by his. Uh, look, I suppose, normally he, um, you know, he no, no, normally he butts in and stifles any old comments. Every time there's a bit of controversy coming in, he straight in shuts it down. Like you know that uh, they'd be talking about some yeah. dirty stroke, and then Jesse butts in. But no, we're not we're not saying he's a dirty player. Oh no, Ger, no, no, we're not, we're not saying he's a dirty player at all. Like you know when he. When he took that that slash hook and chased the old lady around Croke Park and robbed her handbag, he's not he's not that type of he's not that type of player. Oh no no, Daisy, he 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 was a bit over enthusiastic, you know. But this is the first time Daisy actually let it go and let him at it. I mean, like Jesus, maybe that's a template for the future. Wind him up and let him go. Sit back and just let it all play out before us. He was just sitting there thinking, "What the hell are they saying now?" 
But it, it was like if if you see see the events that have unfolded since, like you have if Paul Rick Fanning left the Waterford job and John Mailer or Myler left the the Cork job. So was there a little bit of the two boys interviewing for those two jobs I, I on air Cork, last week to show that they're, they're so intelligent or, or, or whatever on the Sunday? They hardly did themselves any good by it anyway, did they? That's I kind of get the know. impression in Cork at the moment that they actually feel that this current team is capable of winning in All-Ireland. Now, I don't know if I agree with that myself because I don't think Patrick Horgan's back will give out long enough to carry him over the line. But... Ash, uh, stop, Shirley. But Shirley... That's very close. It's no good for Cork, yeah. you know. They came very, very close in 2013. <laughs> they could have beaten Limerick last year, and yeah. they could, I think in, in, a, in a final, they could have taken Galway, you know. I mean, they are close, you know. I don't know. I think Kieran Kingston is probably the favourite to get that job. Who was the last manager to win an outside manager to win an All-Ireland? Uh, who, who was the... Who was the Offaly man in 98 that took over from Babs? Or it was an Offaly man, wasn't it? It wasn't Bonds, was it? Michael Bond. He is an he was yeah. an Offaly man, wasn't he? He was Offaly, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, where, where, where do Waterford go now? Like, like they're, they're, they're in bother. Like, they're on the verge of, well, I won't say they, they could become another Offaly, but they could be in the doldrums for three or four years with a bad appointment. And they've no money. Their county board is broke, so they can't afford a big, a big name. I think they're very lucky that Munster has no relegation because... To be honest, at the moment they're a Joe McDonough team at best. In fairness, <laughs> in fairness, like the performances haven't been there. Yeah, and they weren't even. Like, I, 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 I don't maybe have the same uh, opinions on Waterford as you, Colin. Not- I don't live quite as close to the border, but like, call a spade a spade. They, they have been awful in Munster the last two years, and yeah. at least the, last year they had the excuse of the no home venue, but. Yeah. They don't have that this year. They got their home games against Tipperary. They didn't early send them off. They they did, but I don't know if that made. No, oh, no, no I don't definitely know if that didn't made affect a difference. Uh, like the, the big, the biggest disappointment from looking at that Waterford team. If I was a Waterford person, which I'm not, I just point that out. <laughs> above above and turnless against Tip with about fifteen twenty minutes to go, and you can see Austin Gleeson walking around with his head down. Yeah. Like he's allowed you're supposed to look at as your leader. And there he was, moping about the field. My my one worry with Waterford right now is they start looking towards Tip um for a manager. Like would Liam Cal be tempted? Or like Willie Maher is another another man who lives I think probably within never... twenty minutes of, of Waterford City. So he could be tempted. But we should be as well as developing players, we should be developing managers. and uh, come down the down the stream, you know. This other twenty team, like he has ten years more with them lads to get their medals with him, you know. So I mean in theory there could be there could be a Tip team there now in five or six years' time, where it just lined up yeah. beautifully this time around. That probably one of the main guys that out that we wanted happened happen, happen to be the happened to be a good buddy of um, Declan Killies as well, you know. So it all it all worked out great, you know. But you just don't want to be that situation like you have in, in uh, English soccer, where um, yeah, some guy walks in and says has way more influence than the people who put in the hour over years, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but now you're you're a hundred, you're spot on there, Parik. It has to be the county board. It has to be people within the county board picking the manager. That concludes the Premier Review podcast for another week. Thank you for listening, and check back in again next week for more fun frolics and the inside track of Waterford management. Leave, leave, leave Take care. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 